Hello and welcome. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, congratulations. You've made it to the Two Beers Please podcast. And we're so happy to have you uh, here on our 30th episode. Uh, It's funny to think we've gotten so far coming towards the end of 2020. Our first year doing this podcast makes me feel even older uh, than most things in life already make me feel. You can't feel old, Yannick. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't that means I, if you feel older then that means my feeling older is going to be even more pronounced so no, no feel youthful <laughs> we feel young we're it's only 30 episodes only 30 you're right only 30 episodes but it's been a blast and we've made a lot of progress happy to be here uh i'm joined by my friend matthew as always uh keeping me honest with the comments as i as I go through these podcast episodes, for uh, sure. That, that was for my own good. Let's be honest. Like, don't give me too much credit. Hey, I give you all the credit in the world. As always, follow us on the social media sites. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram at Two Beers Please underscore Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the number two BP underscore Podcast. That's the number two BP underscore Podcast. Lots of good material going up every day about the world of sports past what we already offer here uh if you need kind of like a daily sports intake that's where you'll find it and yeah you can follow us on spotify uh you can follow us on apple Podcasts. you can follow us on anchor uh i i'm hearing that in his daily briefings joe biden will have us on in the background so tune into his tune into his daily briefings and and we'll be there as well uh, just little voices in the background. I think that would be funny if he's just like, yes, the gravity of the situation is very dire. And you just hear Matt go, man, I am sick and tired of believing in Manchester United. I am just sick and tired of it. <laughs> I am sick and tired of it. But now it's like you said off the air when we were talking about it. It's, it's the it's the life of the fan, right? Yes, absolutely. The life of the fan and, you know, I'm not there with soccer, but I'm surely there with football. So I, I do understand it to the and we'll get we'll get to both of our both of those teams today a little bit. Uh, so that we'll we'll lament a little bit later for sure. And but yeah, let, let let's start off with our turn of phrase, uh, our turn of phrase segment. This is turn of phrase. And today the turn of the phrase that I'm going to be presenting is riding shotgun. If you've never said this or never heard it. You never lived in a city where you use cars, because otherwise that's something that you've definitely heard before. But it refers to sitting in the front passenger seat of your buddy's car and vehicle, and more specifically, calling the seat of the front passenger seat of your buddy's car or vehicle. The first recorded instance of riding shotgun was made in 1913, when Alfred Henry Lewis wrote, If that's money aboard and the express outfit wants it defended, they slams on some sport to ride shotgun that trip. The phrase originated in the Wild West and refers to the person who would sit next to the driver of a stagecoach protecting whatever cargo they were carrying with a shotgun. Which is funny to me, Matthew, because I think the person who usually calls shotgun, is that the person that you want defending the cargo? Like that person is... (laughs) That person's I don't know. <laughs> I feel like well, I feel like now if you're riding shotgun, at least like in most of the the rules of like cars that I ride in, it's like if you call shotgun and you get shotgun, then you have to be in control of music and you better put on some good music. So you know, there's I guess maybe that's the modern day equivalent of uh, 
of protecting it with a shotgun. Like this, this ride better be enjoyable by your music selections or else we're all going to be really pissed. Right. There you go. There's a responsibility bestowed on the position even today. Uh, exactly. Even today. So I, I like that. I did not think about that. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. That's that's a very good point. Uh, but yeah, riding shotgun, I, I guess I didn't think it was a phrase that originated before cars did. So that that was that was really cool to find out. Uh, I assumed it had something to do with gangs. So I, I guess there is some some truth to that. I thought like that was like a 1930s gang thing, you know, as the guy in the passenger seat had the shotgun. But, you know, not completely off. It just happened in stagecoaches. Uh, you know, life's always been violent. <laughs> the Wild West, man. They, they didn't like it's an aptly named thing. Like you, you read about the West and you're just like, man, it it really was the Wild West. Their shit was just crazy all the time. Right. Uh, are you on the thought of you would want to you wouldn't want to have had lived in the Wild West like that would be cool? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing, like historically as a as a white guy you know it's i i can go to most places and probably be fine but um i always have to like consider at the same time going back like if i go back in time do i still get diabetes because if so then no i would not like to live in the wild west because i would be dead um but i oh man i don't it like it's one of those things that is is like and certainly as someone who loves history like you find yourself being like oh this era would be great and this era would be great and like there are certainly aspects of, of certain eras that would probably be fun or interesting or whatever but like life is so much easier now than it's ever been so i i can't like it would be tough right exactly because your whole life would depend on like how well you ride a horse or like how well you shoot a gun and those things like if you do them poorly can be can turn out very bad both of those events can turn absolutely. out absolutely so i I agree. I'm not so I think it'd be cool to like drink with your buddy in a saloon after a long day's work for sure. But we do that anyway. And also every Western that I've ever seen, they're wearing so many clothes. And I'm just like, man, there was no AC. There's you must have been just sweaty. Oh, they had to smell like just ass all the time. Disgusting. Like constantly. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think about I that know. a lot in history where I'm just like, you guys had to just like reek all the time. Right. I, I, I remember uh, in John Cameron's uh, acting for the camera class, we learned about um, Versailles a little bit. And all I remember was half of the video that we watched. Yes. And half of the video we watched was all about how much they stunk. Like they just went through all the different ways that they would have just been absolutely disgusting. And that's the really rich people. Yeah, it's the really rich people. Yeah, they were just like, we're disgusting just like everyone else. But here are the weird, freaky ways that we tried to seem like we're not disgusting that somehow made us more disgusting. <laughs> yeah, truly. Oh my science, goodness. Science has come a long way in in like every aspect. Not even just, you know the like main things we think about of like medicine or technology and cars, like science has, has aided us in, in so many different things in the last hundred years or so. Right. Yeah. And it continues to aid us as the new vaccine has reached the American shore. We hope that it will have a smooth transition into the general public and we'll, we'll wait and see, but it seems like going to 2021, things are looking up. And with that, Matt, I ask you, how are you feeling today? Let's go to the compadre corner. 
I'm I'm doing well. I, I'm rolling with the punches, as they say. I had a, a little bit of an early morning. My brother has a oral argument in front of some federal judges today. He's a, a defense attorney here in Iowa, so a big big oral argument for him today. So I wish him the best of luck. But he had some technological uh, problems at work, where then he had to like come back home, and he was like, "Hey, can you come pick up the dog or my dog because?" I don't really need, I can't really have her in the background of this extremely important <laughs> argument in front of all these federal judges, but I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I still haven't watched very many Christmas movies this year, so that needs to change real quick. But uh, with all the great sports action on, it's it's tough. Uh, you know, you got Luca Garza averaging 29.2 points per game, leading the country in men's basketball. Uh, also one of four Big Ten players in the top 12 of points per game this year, the others being I would assume move of Illinois, Marcus Carr of Minnesota, and Ron Harper of Rutgers. But the scoring is not just from the men's side. Ashley Jones from Iowa State leads the nation with 30.8 points per game. And and Caitlin Clark is third in the nation as a freshman with 29.8. Just ridiculous. People getting buckets in the state of Iowa this year. So that, you know, I always like to remind myself of the good news that's going on. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I was a basketball state. I'm still I'm we talk about it every week and I'm still not used to it. Yeah. It's still it's still weird. All the wrestlers are going to come and pin us and be like, no, you're not. But uh, it's nice to have some good basketball. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, I organized uh, my whole room last night and and everything is very in place, which I'm going home to Iowa next week. You know, God willing, we'll see what happens. But I am planning on going home next week and everything is like in its place, which just gives me like a, you know, a sense of peace, which is good. I love, I love that feeling. Right. I mean, it's such like an underrated feeling. If you ever feel bad, I guarantee you, if you look around your room, like 98% of the time, your room's also a mess. So like, if you just, it's such a funny thing. Like, I feel like probably not even just anxious people, but like, I know people like as someone with anxiety and, and such, and like I know people, other people with anxiety, like you, you get a like crazy, like messy room a lot of times. And like the amount of peace you give your anxiety with a room that's just like clean and in order and everything. I'm always just like, why do I ever not let it get like this? Like I feel so much better when at least this thing I'm like in control of and everything's where I want it. And it's also just kind of a fun thing to do sometimes, like rearranging the room, getting things all organized and such. Right. I, I, when I was getting my equipment together just for this podcast, I was like, Oh man, my mic isn't like on the floor somewhere. And my equipment's not like I had untangling it from itself. And I'm just like, wow, it's in its place. And I'm going to take it out and just put it there. <laughs> Look at that. I actually made my life easier on myself. Who would have, who would have thought? Yeah. I, I know that. I know that game very well. Right. And it's also funny because you mentioned anxiety and it's like a two, it's a, it's a two edged sword, right? Because it feels so good to clean your room. But when you're a person with anxiety, usually you've let your room just slowly, slowly decay. And so it just so much anxiety to think about. You're like, oh man, uh, I, I don't have the, I can't, I don't know. It's mm, can't do it. So you're like, you're like, I don't know where to start. Like, do I do this thing and that thing? Or yeah, for sure. Right. Exactly. And and the way that I clean my room also, I had like things like since I moved in in September that had not found a place yet that were just somewhere. And so that was like an extra anxiety of like, if I put this somewhere, it's going to stay here for the next five months. So I really have to get this right. 
Plus, with like New York apartments, you never have like you don't even need to have a lot of stuff. I I do have a lot of stuff, but like even if you don't, you never have enough room for everything. So you're like trying, you're trying. It's like also like a, a puzzle of being like, all right, how am I gonna make this all fit and also look like okay and make me feel like there's a cohesive part of it. So uh, there's there's an added difficulty when you live inside a closet like we do. Right. Exactly. I I thought. What happened was I was like, I think my room's bigger than my last room. And then I moved my bed a little bit from the wall to fit stuff in there. And now it's the same size. And I'm like, right. Because there's like, no, there was still no small real, It was just I was piling things in a corner. <laughs> That's all that was happening. Uh, but yeah, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, feel, I'm feeling. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 a familiar feeling for many, I'm sure. But I'm feeling good. And, you know, it's noon. It's noon 30, as one would say. And and I think it's time to head to the local pub. Ice I will start us beer. off. I am drinking a nice six point brewery beer. This one is a sweet action, is what it is. And uh, yeah, I've not drank the sweet action. I've, I've obviously I've drank so much other six point brewer. If you follow the podcast, I've done it in like four or five episodes. But I had not beers. drinking. Yeah, they're great beers, and I've not drank the, the the sweet action yet. And it's I just I love the colors. I I really I'm a very I'm a very color based beer drinker, like aesthetic based beer drinker. I just I really like Agreed. this. Right, I don't it's, know what it is. Sometimes too, like when you like go like randomly to like a store, like sometimes I'm like I, I'm not that picky of like the type of beer. Like there's certain beers I enjoy more than other, but like for the most part, I'm just like I, whatever grabs my attention, I'm gonna probably roll with. Like so. You kind of you you have to have that that aspect of it. I I totally I totally feel where you're coming from. Right. Same with books. You know that they've started coming out with all these really cool like minimalist pastel covers, and I'm just like I'll buy all these books just because these covers are so like calming and soothing to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh it's got a nice little. I'm not going to read the whole blurb, but it ends with solid, classic, reliable, one sip. And you're back, so I think that's great in this in this year. So I'm gonna open one this sip in your back. I kind of like that. Sip and you're back. But I'm not really sure what it means, but it means like, where'd you go? Have you been drinking beer? Oh no! Well, now you're back. So I think that's that's what it means to me. Anyway. You took the very simple explanation of it, and I that works. Hey, I'm that's cool with me. It probably means something far more metaphorical, but you know, I'm taking it the simple way. And here like we go. Oh yes, there you go. Oh yeah, that sounds good. What a sound. Mm, that's really good. Yes. Yes, that's a nice that's a nice Brooklyn beer right there. What are you drinking today, buddy? That'll do, pig. Um, I got uh I'm going just back to one of my favorites, the old uh Peace Tree, which is a Des Moines brewery here, one of my favorites here. Uh they're blonde fatale. Very aptly named. I think I've talked about it before because it is a fat ale, which is how they spell fatal on the uh, on the bottle, uh, while also being pretty fatal. I like it's like ten and a half percent, and it's very easy to drink. It's just like smooth with a little bit of hop. It's kind of like sort of a pineapple aftertaste, but uh, just one of the best beers I've ever had. I, I absolutely love this beer. I'm gonna get it when I'm in Iowa. That's what. That's the that, you have that's to. The, that's the beer I'll drink when I when we have our our episode next week. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm doing really well. And, and beer has brought me such solace in these times, ales and, and ciders and everything. It's, it's, it's a nice little pleasure as long as you don't like go crazy every day. And it's just such a nice compliment to whatever you're doing 
Like you, there's beers for reading. There's beers for watching sports. There's beers for calming down. Everything, everything in moderation as well. You know, a, a good. I actually was reading an article once about uh, like the benefits of after like a nice long run, like having one beer and like the 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 benefits that that. I can't remember all the benefits, so I can't list them off now and, and sound smart. But there was an article that said it. Okay. Right. Exactly. I believe that. That's that's the best. He was probably just posted by like some guy down the street who hasn't ran in his life, but he's like, I love having a beer after a big old run. But I I think it was on like Runner's World. So I, it was a legitimate article, I swear. Right. And also, I, there's so many races out there that are like 5K finished with a beer that I can't believe. I can't believe that it's unhealthy, like like that it's bad for you. Like maybe it's you, not. You and me I, always finish uh, our races with several true. beers. So, <laughs> and, and, we've always steered, and it's not steered us wrong yet. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, I can't wait to get back the, to racing. The too. Coney, the Coney Island race where you had like we had like drink tickets, and these we were me and Yannick were waiting in line, and these people were like, "Hey, do you guys want our drink tickets?" Or like, yeah, <laughs> free beer. We're staying at the beach all day, like a. Absolutely, you're my you're my best friend now. That day was amazing. I think about that day all the time. That was oh, that was the perfect the day. That was the perfect day. I drank too much, and I ended the day with a massive headache. But I, it was uh, it was a good day nonetheless. And I, I hope we can get back to it next summer. You know, I, I'd love to go to that race again. That'd be a that'd be a nice little come come around the year situation. All right. Well, we're going to uh before we go into the actual sports talk, we're going to give a little bit of love to our moms. Uh my mom's birthday was a couple days ago. Matt's mom's birthday was a couple weeks ago, and we, you know, it's not Mother's Day, but since our mom's birthdays are so close together, I thought we would do a little uh shout out. So Matt, why don't you shout out your mama? You never need an excuse to give your mom some love, right? Uh, you know, I, I could go on and on about the many things my, my mom has done for me from supporting me endlessly on, on this crazy dream of mine to be an artist out in New York to really just being my best friend at times. Uh, you know, you and me have talked a good amount too about like watching sports with our dads, but my mom loves watching games with me as well, particularly basketball. Like she's one of the biggest basketball fans I know. Uh, we've gotten to go to a lot of NBA games together and like see LeBron, Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade, Shaq. KD, Timmy Duncan, like like a plethora of crazy players that I've gotten to enjoy uh, watching with her. Um, and, you know, in a year where far too many people have lost their moms, I, I just feel extremely grateful to, to have her in my life. And, and although being home and away from my life for months on end is tough, the time I've gotten to spend with her has, has been special. And to have any sort of silver lining in this shitty year, it proves how lucky I am. And, uh, my mom is certainly a, a massive part of that. So love you, mom, and, and thank you for everything. Right. Yeah, I I agree. Never, never a bad time, never a wrong time to give some love to your mom. And yeah, my mom's 53rd birthday was on Monday. And for me, <clears throat> she didn't watch sports with me as much. Of course, she watched when she was around. But I mean, she's just the most motivational, inspirational person in my life. I mean, she's this crossfitter and she's a runner for her whole life. And, and she just, she, she's just, she's got that like Kobe Bryant esque work ethic without being a professional athlete, which is just somehow even more inspiring because it's not what she does. You know, it's not like for any reason other than it's like who she is. And, and that's just such a rare thing. And, and she's been doing it in quarantine just as much as she did in normal life. 
And you know what? She's a hard ass. She really is. But, you know, she has the drive and inspiration that's like pushed me to be the best that I can be. And as I've grown older, I've appreciated it more and more. You know, as a kid, I didn't really appreciate it as much. And I wish that I had. And we, you know, obviously got into some arguments when that happened. But as I grow older, more and more, I'm like, wow, yeah, like, you know, as life goes on, you realize like, there's not an hour that you should be wasting, you know, and and that's, and that's what it is. And she's also the epitome of your parents, just like wanting the best for you. Like she, she truly cares about if I'm taking care of myself. She's constantly promoting our podcast. I don't know if you've seen, but she's just like all over our podcast all the time. And, and all over everything I do theater wise. And yeah, and on top of it, I don't know if you know this, Matt, but I was deciding between New York and Chicago when I was moving out for acting from Iowa. And part of the reason I moved to New York was because my mom spent a lot of her childhood in Queens. So she's also the reason that I kind of moved to, to, to New York City because I felt like I had some real roots in this in this place. And and it's just worked out for the best. So I love you, mom. Thank you for everything. And 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 we both want to just give a shout out to all the other moms in the world, too. Uh, none of us would be here without you. See, I should have let Yana go first because the mom idea was Yannick's idea. So I knew that Yannick had a better idea of what was going to be said. And, and now mine feels less. Uh, now I want to talk about up my mom more. But uh, typical Yannick, he always got to oh show out over people. Gosh. You, what you said was beautiful. You just you, you said so much. What are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't give her I didn't list her accolades enough. You did. You said she she watched sports. No, you said she. That's she not an accolade. You. Okay. My mom, my mom is a is a nurse, and that's where she met my dad. And then she went to law school while she was pregnant with me. Wow. Uh, what else can I say? God, fuck you, Yannick. <laughs> <laughs> this is mom. I love you, moms. Love you, moms. I love you, mommy. My goodness. All right. Well, with that, let's get on the pitch and warm up. You, you just you. I, I can't believe you right now. All right, let's get on the pitch and warm up. Uh, it's time to fly in my... There's a fly in my beer, Matthew. There's a fly in my beer today. And let me tell you what it is. And I know what you're going to say already, but just please let me finish before before we have any commentary because I, I, I feel like this has earned a little bit. So, Borussia Dortmund, been struggling on a little bit of the result train as of late, fell to fourth place in the Bundesliga, poor results. They fired their coach a week ago, Lucien Favre, uh, and and kind of are going through this transition, which, you know, happens to teams. Everybody, you know, all the good teams have this period where they need to change things up. Right. Their next game that they get, they beat Bremen 2-1, to one, right? It's a victory. Good for them. And, 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 and it's with their new coach, Terzic. And, you know, they were doing kind of poorly in the game, and Terzic made some good substitutions. The team responded well. But the the press, the German press too, but like the press everywhere is just hyping it up so much. I mean, they are acting like this 2-1 victory is like they went into Munich and beat Bayern because they're talking about Dortmund like they are back. They are ready to challenge for the Bundesliga. They are ready to challenge for the Champions League. And I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of hearing that they are the second place team in Germany right now. I mean, are you serious? I get it. Historically and probably talent-wise, I get where you're coming from. But they've been terrible all season long. This season, they aren't the second best team Leipzig is. Honestly, Leipzig did perfect in the Champions League. 
You know, they knock Manchester United out. They sit in second place or in third place right now, right behind Bayern. And on top of that, Leverkusen is leading the Bundesliga right now. They've been the most on fire team. So why are you not talking about Leipzig? Why are you not talking about Leverkusen? You're talking about a Dortmund team being the next challenger just because of this 2-1 win, even though they couldn't beat Lazio, who's sitting in eighth place in Italy. How can you be the second place team in Germany when you can't beat the eighth place in Italy? And Lazio, you'll see, Bayern's going to absolutely crap on Lazio in this next round. And then you'll see why I'm a little bit upset that everyone's, after one win, is willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I just, I, I get it. They'll always be a good team, but acting like this win means they're ready to challenge the, for the crown again is ridiculously early and ridiculously unearned. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think saying that they're the second best team in Germany means that they're going to challenge for the crown. I just think the German league isn't that good. I mean, I, I, get, I get what you mean where they're, maybe they're putting too much credence in one win, but like we know the team that Dortmund has where if they – like start playing like they should, I, I think they are the second best team in Germany. Um, I would agree with you where like one win doesn't necessarily mean that the, you know, the tide has turned. Like I, I think there needs to be a few more results, um, but we know they have the talent. Um, and like, I, I, I don't think anyone's challenging for the crown in Germany. I, like they're, they're all playing for second place as well as Leverkusen might be playing now. Like the Bayern is going to win this league and it, like, I would still, in the long run, I think I probably would take Dortmund, especially if they can figure it out over Leipzig or Leverkusen. But uh, I'm not I'm not as attuned to uh, German football coverage as you are. So maybe it's been a, been a little over the top in how much credit they've been giving them to, which kind of feels like a soccer thing, though. And, and I will agree with you there, where, like, soccer, like, because I've even seen it with Manchester United, where, like, They'll have one result, and then people will be like, oh, Manchester United's back. But it was one game. How, how are they back? So I will 100% agree with you there, where, like, the amount of stock that, that like, reporters put in one performance of soccer is, is shocking to me because, like, how, how can you feel that confident about a team after one game as opposed to, you know, the whole season they've played? So I, th- I think you got a legitimate shtick to have there. Right. Yeah. It's the combination of that and me being like, oh, so, you know, I get that you don't want Bayern to win again. I absolutely understand that. But like trying to keep hyping up this Dortmund team is just not the way to go, especially when you have two other teams that are doing better than Dortmund this season. And one of those teams is doing better both in the Bundesliga and in the Champions League. So why wouldn't I'm just I don't understand why this narrative has to be around Dortmund being the challenger rather than Leipzig right now. I feel like that's where, if you want to put the press somewhere, Leipzig knocks out Manchester United and is in the round of 16. They they hold Bayern to a 3-3 tie that they could have won, and there's no press about it. They're just like, yeah, Leipzig's there. And it's just like, Leipzig's been doing great. And they lost Timo Werner, and they're still strong. And yet you still want to beat this Dortmund drum. Like, it's Dortmund, Bayern, and that's it. And Dortmund's going to be the one to beat Bayern. It's like, Bayern might lose, but I, it's not going to be to Dortmund, not just like with, with the things that are happening right now. So, yeah, that's why I'm a little bit, like, ugh, unearned. Talent-wise, though, if you, like, compare – and, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm someone that always says, like, on paper it doesn't, doesn't matter much. But, like, talent-wise, I do think Dortmund looks like the only real challenger to Bayern. I don't think Bayern has a challenger. Like, they, they have a pretty big stranglehold on that thing. But I, I don't think – like, Leipzig, I don't think can really challenge Dor- or Bayern – 
if Dortmund is on their game, if Dortmund plays to the maximum that they can, I think they foreseeably could. I'm not saying they will, but I think the chances of them challenging Bayern at their best is is more likely than Leipzig at their best. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. I just, I just, for me, it feels like the press is around like new coach, new beginnings. And it's like, they still have a lot to figure out. Everybody. For sure. Yeah. I 100% agree with you there. There you go. All right. Well, that was the fly in my beer. Uh, it was personal today. And so maybe a little niche, but I, it's my episode. So I get to do the, Hey, it's, it's your beer. It's the fly that's in your beer. It it's can be as personal. Beer. It can be as personal as you want it to be, Yannick. There you go. Thank you, Matthew, for the support. All right, we're going to partner up and give a shout-out for the week. Uh, I'll let Matthew talk for a little bit since I've been dramming on for a little bit. Who's your shout-out for the week, my friend? I think both your flies and the beers have been I, not nearly as long as my my rant, so I think I think you're good. Don't uh, don't beat yourself up so much, man. I only get to beat you up. Uh, fair. That's yeah. that would be. I gotta be, be a jerk. Event. I gotta be a jerk to you. You be kind to yourself, Yannick. That's that's what we do here, man. Aww. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, my uh, my shout out this week is to the uh, the head coach of Stanford, Tara Vanderveer. Last night she won her one thousandth ninety ninth game as the head coach, passing the incomparable Pat Summit for most wins ever as a women's basketball coach. And what an accomplishment! I mean. Pat Summit, of course, one of the all-time greats. We all know how successful Gino Oriema has been, but Vanderveer is right up there with them in the Mount Rushmore of the game. Two national championships, 12 Final Fours, 25 Pac-12 championships, including 15 in a row from 2001 to 2015. Coached the United States team to a gold in the 1996 Olympics. Someone who just completely represents consistency and greatness. Her teams have made it to 12 straight Sweet 16s in the NCAA tournament. Uh, her overall winning percentage, she was she's 1,099 and 253. She has an 81 wow. winning 81 percent winning percentage. Just absolute dominance uh, and, and a true icon to the game. So congratulations to Coach Tara Vanderveer on your record 1,099 win. Just a mouthful to say. Yeah, 1,099th win. That is a lot. That is a lot. That's how many wins she has. It's hard to say. That's how many yeah. wins she has. <laughs> That's how good you are. It's difficult to say how many wins you've had. That's when you know you're you're good. It's like, oh my goodness, we need a code word for this. No, but yeah, I agree. I I, I read the news about that too. And yeah, just a great, I mean, just 81% win percentage. Oh my, that is like, that is like being in a class with like a D average and, and getting, and just, just acing the court. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It, it's, I, that's hard to think about. That's like over hard such to, a long period of time too, like right. over thirty years. Like that's that's absurd. In college, where everybody's leaving every other day, it's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts to me uh, the success that can be had and, and the success that she's had. And I also just want to like give a little bit of a shout out. I don't know if you guys if you guys have listened to enough episodes. Matt is always here for like the equal opportunity shout outs. Like he's constantly watching both men and women's sports. And, and I, I, I really, I really respect that. It's been a couple of times. It was Caitlin Park the other day. And like, that's what we love here at the two beers, please podcast. It's, it, it's, it's representation as much as it is uh, analyze, analyzing. So good for you, man. Hey, if you're, if you're good, we got to give you some love. There you go. If you're good, we give you some love. If you're bad, we hate on you, no matter who you are. <laughs> Oh. I don't discriminate. I just see greatness and crappiness. 
There you go. Normally All right. My teams. There you go. Yikes. Okay. So my shout out for the week, Matt, I, I brought it up last week. Like it was a joke, but it happened. Leon beat PSG 1-0. They make League A relevant. Are we doubted you? Oh, yes. But there's no way. Like, this is a cute little story, but there's no way this be- is anything. And they get the 1-0 victory. Kataware with the first half goal. They're now tied with Lille for sp- first spot. One point above PSG. Does this mean PSG is not going to win the title? No. But, I mean, they could have gone out there and not and not compete because it's so easy when you're against the big teams that have won your league forever and ever when you're playing against Neymar when you're playing against Mbappe when you're playing against the best to not show up and 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 especially having an early 1-0 lead it's so easy to just give give it up once the pressure gets hard but they didn't they hung in there they hung in with the pressure and they get a they get a great victory they make league uh, relevant and for that alone making league uh, relevant like a third of the way into the season I'm giving a little golf clap there. That, that That's a victory. That is a victory for sports right there. And uh, we thank you, Leon. It, you know, I, I, it wasn't easy, but you got it done. And uh, hopefully you can motivate some other teams across Europe to get the job done, too, against the heavyweights. Uh, except in Germany. You know, you can you can go everywhere else. Uh, maybe leave <laughs> he, can miss, he can miss us there in Germany. You can, you can, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll I, I promise we'll, we'll, we'll talk four, about it. Four of the five major leagues is enough of a competition. Right. It's, it's, it's a good ratio. I feel like that's fair. I feel like that's fair. All right. And as always, we're going to end with wind sprints, Matthew. It's a quick cover of the big news from the sports world. Get it out of the way. Stretch those hammies. Don't pull anything. All right. First news segment of the day, Giannis. Atenecompo reaching an agreement with the Bucks Supermax contract for $228 million. The rumors can end. He is staying in Milwaukee. What do we think, Matthew? We like the decision for Giannis? I love it. I I mean, I, I kind of, I thought he was going to stay. I kind of thought he would wait until the end of the year because it was kind of like a why not. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think it's just like a credit to Giannis of, of he, he, want, he wants to be in Milwaukee. I think he thinks they can win in Milwaukee, and I think they can. Like, I like this team has been good. Like, we can talk as much about we want about the, their disappointments in the playoffs, and they have, but they've still been the number one seed in the East Conference the last two years. Like, this team is is close to being there, and if you've got Giannis, like, you can drop the whole rest of the roster and start building around him. Like, he's he's such an impactful player that that having him there to build around is is massive. So I, you know, I. I I absolutely love it out of him because I think it also just like shows how like he's a competitor. Like that, that dude's like, he's like, I want to be in Milwaukee and I want to win here in Milwaukee. Like even we talked about him saying he doesn't care if he's, if he's second fiddle and I don't think he does, but I think he does want to, he obviously wants to win. And I think there's something about him wanting to be like, no, I want to do this in Milwaukee where it's, it's been done once when Lou Alcindor and Oscar Robertson were on the team. Like it's a place you really would be writing your your whole story. Like if you go to the Lakers, you join the stories of Kobe and Shaq and Magic Johnson and now LeBron James and Will Chamberlain and a plethora of players where Milwaukee has have, has the couple years of, of the of the big O and and Lou Alcindor, um Kareem Abdul Jabbar. But it really would be a place where if he goes and, and gets a bunch of championships, his his name in stone just gets a little a little more luster to it. So I, I love it. What what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I love it because you know what happened? 
this decision was a basketball decision. And then Giannis made it into a good decision. You know, it almost doesn't matter what happens because the way that he handled himself in this whole free agency, when everybody else was talking every other thing about what he's going to do and what the Bucks can or can't be, he stuck with it. And I agree. He's just, he's made this a good decision regardless of the outcome. You know, it, it, it won't be, even if he doesn't win a championship in Milwaukee, it won't be looked back on like, oh, what if he had left? He ruined his career. No, he just decided what kind of player he is. And 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 we know who the, his inspirations are, you know, with the Kobe Bryant being a big inspiration, staying in one place, making legacies like that. <clears throat> and I love it because he's been saying it from the beginning and there's so many players that say it and don't do it, right? And and I, I respect the hell out of it. In the game of basketball where it's so much business, and I'm not saying that's a bad move either, but it's just not something you see it's not a mentality you see nowadays. And it would have been so easy for him to team up with somebody and go, but he's still a young guy. He still wants to do it here. And I respect the hell out of it. That's how I feel. I respect the hell out of it. I think too, like, I mean, a lot of times players get ripped on for money and making money, but like, I respect Patrick Mahomes. I respect Giannis for going and getting $45.6 million a year. Like get paid, dude. You deserve it. You've killed it. Like, Go get your money. You, you like you you have earned the biggest contract in in NBA history from what you've done. Like I, so good on you, dude. I don't think there's anything wrong with knowing your value as a as a commodity as well. Right. It's funny because anytime you see expensive contracts, there's always like, except for Patrick Mahomes, obviously, because it was the the time the 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 length of the contract was a little bit controversial sometimes. But like people were saying like. People, no one said he doesn't deserve to be paid that much. And I think the same can be said about Giannis. I don't, I haven't seen anybody be like, oh, I don't know. He might get triple MVPs. He really might. So that like, you know, he deserves it. And any super max that he was going to be given was going to be the right amount, you know, as, as long as it was high enough. So NBA history is what he deserves. So I agree. Great decision. Let's move over to baseball. The MLB is debating pushing the start of the next MLB season to May. MLB execs and owners want players to be vaccinated before spring training. Is this a good idea or depending or seeing how last season went with all of the delays? Is this going to create another chaotic MLB season? I mean, I, I think it's a good idea. I think, I mean, I think the next, I think the next year in sports is still not going to be normal. Like I think it's still going to be kind of a, a weird year. I mean, the, the NBA is certainly not starting on time and such, and, and NHL won't. We already talked about NHL, maybe even doing more outside games. So like, we're not, we're not going right back to normal next year. And I think waiting, like I was kind of for the idea of college basketball waiting to, to start and, and kind of letting maybe college football get through. Like I think waiting and minimizing the amount of, of, you know, ill happenings that can happen. I, I, I think there's, I think there's some, some smart thinking to that um, because it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a weird season regardless. And you know, the less that you can not only harm your season, but put anyone in danger is, is I think beneficial. Yeah, I agree because you think about it, what, what killed the MLB season and nothing would kill it. It was still went through successfully and Rob Manfred should be proud of what he got to be able to do. The Dodgers won very, very rightfully so. But what hurt the uh, the MLB season throughout was not the fact that they started late. It was the cancellations. It was the postponements, right? And so if you start late but can minimize slash eliminate the, those 
those post moments happening, then I think you finish just on time, you know, maybe a little bit of a reduced season, but then you avoid all this back and forth and teams, you know, not being able to, you know, know where they stand because of all these postponements and, 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 you know, baseball is like a weird sport where it, it is all about like getting on a streak of 12 or 13 games. So if you're constantly having to stop in the middle, it, it, it becomes really hard. So I, I think it's a great idea uh, if it's possible, you know, if that's like, if they don't know if they're going to get vaccines and they're just hoping, then that might be a little weird. But I'm guessing they did their research and they know that they probably can and that they can start in May. And yeah, I think it's a good idea as well. I think it's, I think it's a sport too. Like, I mean, there's always the discussion of of baseball dying. Um, and I don't think it's going to like die in the next year or so. And and certainly like any sport, they still make most of their money through TV deals. But I think it's a sport that that is getting less popular. And it's not a sport that's all that enjoyable to watch on TV where I think baseball kind of knows like they need to be able to have fans in the stadium. Like going to a baseball game is, is an experience far more than, you know, watching it on, like, I love watching football on TV. I don't really like watching baseball on TV, but I love going to baseball games. Like we've, we've been to several games together. It's a, it's a fun thing to do. And so I think baseball also is aware that like they need that, that element of it to, to, you know, still kind of have that buzz and excitement around the sport. Agreed. 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 Well, we'll see where MLB starts up. Probably going to be delayed. Regardless, we will uh, keep you up to date with it. All right. And my last little segment before we get to Hawkeye talk is that uh, it's some good news. It it was some tragic news and then it turned into some good news. Uh, The University of Florida's Keontae Johnson, stable, breathing on his own and speaking. Obviously, he was collapsed on the court uh, in, in, in after the Florida game a couple of uh, days ago, and it was really scary. He was in a medically induced coma. But yeah, I mean, we just want to give our love out to Keontae Johnson, uh, fire in every regard, and give a love to his family and his teammates. Yeah, those, I mean, that those moments are as, as scary as it comes, and I think we, if you've followed sports, you, you've heard so many nightmare stories of, of somebody collapsing like that, and it... Uh, in ending a little quickly and um and and painfully and so to to hear that he he's awake talking to his family to his doctors I, I read even that his parents said that he FaceTimed the team it's it's just tremendous to hear that he's doing well um and I'm sure his road to recovery is not going to be an easy one but um I'm I'm glad he's on that road and that he gets to to do it so we wish him and his family the absolute best. Absolutely. And that's all to be said. We wish him the best. All right. And some bonus news for the Hawks. Some bad, some bad news. Unfortunately, we talked about the good news with Luca Garza, but the bad news happens in football. The Michigan, Michigan versus Iowa game will not happen this weekend. It's been canceled due to the UM's COVID situation. So sitting in 16th, losing this game, what bowl game do you think we have a chance to get? Where do you think we line up? Who do you think we might be able to to get off because we had a great season, you know, we've had a great season and, and we finished off strong regardless of this cancellation. Uh, I mean, I think even with the game, it would have been the Outback Bowl and I still think it's the Outback Bowl. Um, I don't think, especially with Indiana canceling games, uh, I don't think we're going to jump Indiana. I think Indiana's probably likely to get a, a New Year's Six Bowl and then I would imagine Northwestern getting probably like the Citrus Bowl, uh, deservingly. I mean, both those teams deserve better bowls than us from their season. So I think looks pretty clear that we'd be in the Outback Bowl. Like if we had gotten maybe, maybe if Michigan was normal Michigan, but like beating up on two and four Michigan wasn't going to turn any heads to, to be like, oh, maybe they deserve a better bowl. Like they're just 
not that good this year. They, the weird thing about that game to me was like, and I'm I'm never going to get upset with anybody being like, oh, we're going to do this for safety. I, I 100% support anything like that. But it was so like they decided to play it on Sunday and then like less than two days later, it was canceled where I was like, why? Why did we even do the dance of like pretending there was going to be a game? But uh, it's kind of good news for me because it was going to be, I believe, a six o'clock kickoff. And for some reason, the Packers are playing on Saturday night at 715. So I was like, how the hell am I going to watch both these games at the same time? And now so a silver lining for me, but just it's a weird thing to be like, hey, we're going to have this game. No, we're not. Yeah, it, it's the it's the Big Ten's thing, isn't it? Is saying is teasing us with with what we might or might not have. Just and, making decisions too quick, like just you don't have to yeah, always make yeah. a decision. Just just wait, hold off. Like I don't right. If you're worried about it, the only decision you should be making preemptively is canceling it. Like that's really the only decision you should be making. Don't like try to change it and be like one day is going to make the world. It's not. It's not going to make the world of a difference. You know. Yeah, a couple of days maybe, but yeah, I agree. And uh, Outback Bowl, I'm excited regardless. Good to see our boys in a bowl after the beginning of the season. Who would have thought? A January bowl after an 0-2 start. I I mean, if you would have told me we were going to have that, I would have. I don't think I, I would have, I would have not believed you. But uh, we, we've certainly been aided by, you know, certain teams not having quite the, the same kind of scale. You know, Penn State, Wisconsin aren't, aren't quite what they uh, are they normally are. But I think that, you know, there's also something to be said for a program like we like we've done to, to have a strong, consistent season in in the covid season. So, yeah, certain teams might not be as powerful or as strong as they normally look. But I think that has something to do with the pandemic that's uh, happening. So I think it's it's a credit to not only Iowa, but all, but all the other programs that have been able to still sustain a strong team and, and put out a good team this year. Right. I, I'm I'm super I mean, especially how the state of Iowa is doing with COVID. I'm very proud of of the Iowa staff, you know, there at the football team. They've gotten a lot of flack for a lot of different things, but they've definitely handled the situation well. We've not had any games canceled because of Iowa players. So that's that's what you want. And, and, and even Michigan was our first game canceled. Like we we got lucky. Yes, that's fair. That's fair. And uh yeah, I mean, I agree. I and not just an O and two start. A bad 0-2 start. Like, not we didn't play Wisconsin or Northwestern or Indiana or OSU or Michigan State. Well, we did play you know, Northwestern. We did. But I'm saying – what I'm saying is – Purdue – the Purdue loss is, was – looks Purdue worse loss. every week. And we were up – and we were up 17-0 on Northwestern after the first quarter. Like, the way we lost, it was like, damn, you had double-digit leads in both games, and then you just crapped it down your leg. Right, exactly. Like what I feel like is we played Northwestern, but I feel like we played Northwestern before they found themselves. Like they started their journey by by coming back against us. They were not as good as they played other teams at. Like I feel like they were still finding themselves. So it was a rough 0-2 start and and I'm just proud of the boys for stepping up. That's hard for a first year quarterback to really to really come in and, and grab a team, you know, when when the team starts like that. And obviously Spencer Petrus has a lot to to prove still. Uh, but he's been getting better and better each week. And, and you know, Tyler Goodson being named to Big Ten team. So that's that's good for him as well. Three, three first team all Big Ten guys. Tyler Lindenbaum, uh, Larry Jackson, and Tyler Goodson. Is, I, I think Goodson's – I think he might be our first first team all Big Ten running back since Sean Green. I might be wrong on that. But it's been a while since we've had a first team running back. And he he certainly deserves it. He's He's been a killer. And he's made Petrus's life as a first-year quarterback – 
a lot easier. Yeah, God forbid he would have had to throw more. That would have been scary. Anyway, uh, yeah, unfortunate situation. No Hawkeye football this weekend, but we will be headed to a bowl game and we will be beating someone down regardless of who that is. Uh, I hope it's someone fun, but uh, regardless, we'll see. We'll play Coastal Carolina. I'd take that. I'd take a Coastal Carolina at Puck Bowl. I would do that. Uh, <laughs> It'll probably be an SEC team. I th- and I think we can take. I think we can take down an SEC team this year. Like I, I think Alabama's pretty great and A and M. But like, we'll talk about Florida later. It didn't all look all that impressive this weekend. And it's not. It's not as SEC's not as scary this year as, as some years where it's like, damn, you guys have like half your conference in the top ten. Right, exactly. I mean, I think Iowa, the way they play, how the security they found in their system, they can beat anyone past like the Alabama, Clemson, OSU kind of spectrum of that. Obviously, that the that, elites, yeah, the elites. But other Agreed. everyone underneath, they can beat. So I, I think it's going to be a good bowl, regardless. And with that, we are done with our warm up, and it's time to move on to the aperitif. <laughs> Thank you.